You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Buffalo Football Friday rolls on with our anthem in the background. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Jody Biasi. Even more appropriate with New Year's weekend. What do you do for New Year's, buddy? New Year's night. I have a wedding. A New Year's Eve wedding? New Year's Eve. Oh. Yes. Okay. Here, locally? Yeah. Niagara Falls. Okay. Um, Ceremony will be taking place at the beginning of the Bills game. And then, I believe, pictures are getting taken in between. So the rest of us, a lot of us, probably... uh, Probably watch the game. I, would, I imagine everybody heads to the hotel bar to watch the game for you're, a couple so hours. Are, are you not working Sunday then on the air? No, I'll be on the air for pregame, and then you're going to the wedding. Yes, so I probably won't. You be got there. a full New Year's, dude. Yeah. I, I won't be. I won't be at the stadium though. I'll be here probably doing it. It's closer. Yeah, you got a full day there. It's a big drive otherwise. Um. So yeah, that's something. That, okay, so the wedding was planned for this purpose, like to have. Mm. You knew it's a Sunday New no, Year's that, Eve wedding. That, that might have been. A co- I think that was a coincidence. Just plan a New Year's for sure for purpose. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 when you plan it on December 31st, you know that. Yeah. The groom is a season ticket holder. Okay. So he, no, he, he would have known, yeah. you know, that, that that could be a football game. You can you, And look, you can make it a part of it, right? Which is your, what you're doing. It sounds like what they're doing. Yeah. Which sounds pretty cool. Oh, I'm sure we'll hear the shout song, too. It's on oh, the I'm quite sure, especially if the Bills win. Bills have a lot of playoff yeah. scenarios, obviously, heading into Week 17, which is going to affect what happens Week 18 when the game is played against Miami Dolphins. Here is my... Weekly, daily, I should say, public service announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, we do not know when the Buffalo Bills are playing Week 18, and we will not know until after games are played Week 17, at least the Sunday game in the afternoon against the Patriots. The NFL will decide that at some point late Sunday. It could be 4.30 they decide because they have all the information they need. It could be 8 o'clock. It could be 11.30 during or after the Sunday night football game. Then we will know when the Bills are playing. However... The league usually tries to give you the primetime games as soon as possible if they can, the Saturday night games, the Sunday night game, but they don't have to. It could all come out at once late in the night. We don't know. Yeah. We'll probably get it. I don't know this. I'd imagine NBC would want to announce it during the Sunday night football yes. broadcast this week. Like, right? Like, they come back from a break in the third quarter and, right. it, hey, guys, this is what we got next week. Hyping it up. So I'm going to guess we find out Sunday night. But it right that might depend on whether everything's been resolved before that, and we don't have a Monday night game this week, right? No Monday. The, okay, the Monday so, night game is tomorrow night. There's a Saturday night game. Monday night football, the show Monday night football, right? Is we'll Saturday tomorrow. night this week? What's tomorrow's game? Detroit Dallas. Oh yeah, that's right. That's really good. Yeah, it's a really good game. Lions at Cowboys tomorrow night at eight fifteen p.m. That's your Monday night game on a Saturday, like when you play a Thursday night game on a Sunday, mm-hmm. or Sunday. Yeah, the, the uh, isn't that usually happen with the first game of the year? <laughs> yes, it's a Sunday night game it's on like, a Thursday. Right, that's it's how all, they basically count it. Right, every every year it is. And then obviously, Joe, the other part of this. Let's also remember in the postseason, you get a Saturday at four thirty, a Saturday eight fifteen, a Sunday at one, a Sunday four thirty, a Sunday eight fifteen, and then a Monday night game in the postseason. Remember, you have a Monday night wild yeah, card game. That's right. Let's remember that too. Wow, we might get some Manning cast in the playoffs. Right? That, probably, that probably would happen last year then. And I believe, I will tell you, I think since they started doing this, they always have, because of the way it works out, they always have the four five. Uh, yep, for two years they've done this. 
the Monday night wildcard game is one of the 4-5 matchups. And the reason they do that is because of how the teams who play those teams have to kind of plan for everything. I think we're going to have Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, coming up here in a second. But So we'll we'll ask him about injuries and get an update on that. In the meantime, 4-5 in either conference is usually the Monday night wildcard matchup because there's... The way it logistically works is who all everything else has been set. You know that it's just the winner playing at some team that's already been predetermined. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, right now for his weekly radio appearance on the West Her Hotline. You're listening to Buffalo Bills Football Friday on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. 550. Now, here's Sal and Joe with Coach McDermott. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. By Kaleida Health, the official health care provider of the Buffalo Bills. By Dunn Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. And by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. And Bills head coach Sean McDermott joins us on the West Her Hotline. Good morning, Coach. It's Sal and Joe. Thanks for joining us on a Friday, and hope you had a great, great Christmas, of course, on the heels of the victory in L.A. last weekend. We did. Uh, very blessed, and uh, hope everyone out there did as well, and uh, looking forward to uh, this weekend. Coach, let's start with injuries. Uh, is there anybody that you know is going to be out for this game on Sunday? No, no one is going to be ruled out at this time. Okay, and does everybody expect to practice this week? I know you've pretty much had everybody available up till now. Yes, today, uh, I mean. today everyone will practice in some in some capacity, and then we'll we'll take it from there. Coach, you did make a roster move yesterday. You have 52 players on your active roster. Fans are looking right at Daquan Jones, who's been practicing here. Can you give us any insight on what might, this might hold for him this weekend, or if you're still determining that? No, yeah, he'll be up for the game. Um, he looks like he's heading in, in a good direction here. Okay, what does he get bring you? What is what does Daquan? Bring to back to your defensive line after obviously being hurt in London and playing the first you know four games in a, in a little bit. Well, you know, you start with uh, a veteran leader and, and a presence and a guy that's played a lot of snaps and and I think you know our guys have done a phenomenal job of stepping in uh, in his absence and and now it's about you know managing expectations really just from the standpoint of he's been out you know the majority of the season and. We're just going to take it one step at a time and, and um, just one play at a time at this point. When On Jones, Sean, with defensive tackles, you know, some guys specialize and to simplify it, you know, some are better pass protector or pass rushers, some are better in the run game. Is Jones kind of one of those guys that gives you value in both areas, depending on what the, uh, the offense is doing? Well, I believe he does. Uh, and I think that was uh, evident from the first four games that he played or, or, uh, or so, and so it's you know what he's been able to do at the line of scrimmage in the run game. To your point, Joe, and then and then when he's able to convert run to pass in the play action game on those early downs, it's been effective for for him and for us. You also activated Kyrie Elam uh, this week, last week, Coach. Well, he's back on the active roster. But let me ask you about you know what you've seen from him since returning from practice when you opened his window and how he's come back from the injury and kind of had a chance to kind of sit back and watch the game a little bit from a different view as well. Well, I think that that's been beneficial for him. Um, number one, to get healthy. Number two, to um, you know hit the reset button a little bit, and then as you mentioned, reassess um, some things. And and it's been a gradual um, uh, working his way, gradual progression, working his way back into 
uh, being activated, and, and now he's an option for us as, as we move forward here. Sean McDermott on the West Her Hotline. Uh, Coach, last few games, obviously, uh, your team, you, you, you've gone three in a row here. You have a pretty good record since you've been here in Buffalo of winning late in the season in December. I mean, what's the, I guess, what's the key? What's the strategy, you know, to knowing that it is a marathon, not a sprint? And playing your best football at this time of year, how do you have to make sure that, you know, your team is in that space? Well, it's it's not easy, right? I mean, he's, he's, every week the NFL is as challenging as, as there is in professional sports. And um, our team comes ready to play. And uh, I give our players a lot of credit. Uh, this time of year, they've, they've uh, been at their best. And, um, you know, I think the last couple of weeks you've seen um, signs of that with this team this season, uh, like we have in the past. And um, this will be a big challenge this weekend here in, in Orchard Park and at home in December in, in a meaningful game. And these are the games you love playing in. This is what you work so hard for during the season. Sean McDermott on the Western Hotline. We've asked you weekly about injuries. I'm going to knock on wood when I uh, preface this question, but your offensive line has been healthy all year. We haven't had to ask you about that. And your team's last in the or first, I should say, in the league in fewest sacks given up. And I know Allen Josh is a lot of that, but the value of your offensive line, Sean, you know, being you know having continuity. Where I know in the past that hasn't always been the case. You're right. That's uh, and it's hard to come by when you're talking about 17 now games and in a position like offensive line where you know you're, you're, there's friction almost every play, right? So. Uh, very fortunate this year that our that we've had that continuity to your point, and they've done a really nice job. And there's you know obviously there was two um, new pieces in in that offensive line five, that starting five there. So that was uh, that took some getting used to, and to build that con- uh, that chemistry through the continuity that we've had. I think you're seeing the results of it. You haven't had the continuity necessarily on defense. Um, you know obviously a lot of injuries week four and week five when you lose some key players. And then you had to adjust a little bit. You went through some ebbs and flows. Is it really, Coach, time on task and understanding what guys do really well, situations because they don't play as much, and then the coaching staff marrying it all that together and kind of getting to the point where you are now when you went through all that? Well, you know, I, I first want to give credit to the players who have step, stepped in and stepped up. I mean, since, since losing Daquan, as we mentioned Daquan earlier in our conversation, Matt Milano and, and Tredavis White, uh, I believe it was game five, early in game five there, uh, back of game four for Trey, uh, the players have really done a nice job of stepping in, and the, and the coaches uh, have done a great job of getting those players ready to perform. And and then, you know, we were able to add Russell and, and LJ there uh, at the trade deadline. That we're getting them up to speed as well, and, and uh, credit to both, again, the players and the coaches for them doing that and, and doing it to the point where now we're – those players know the system enough to be comfortable and to let their personality show as well. In a division game, as you mentioned, Coach, at home, the New England Patriots, a team you're very familiar with, and a team that beat you at their place, obviously, earlier in the season. They have a big win in Denver last week. Seems like they've kind of found their footing a little bit here, and maybe, you know, the quarterback stability's a little bit. What have you seen from Bailey Zappi and what he can bring and just how they're playing overall right now? No, I would agree with that, uh, Sal. As we know, we, we know you talk about the NFL and, and how it's so difficult every week to win, and records are not a are not a factor week week in and week out. And so you see that around the league, week in and week out. And and uh, this is a good football team, very well coached, very well uh, uh, very well coached defensively in particular. And and then uh, this is a team that beat us up there uh, earlier in the season. So. Um, you know, we'll have our work cut out for us here in Orchard Park. And, again, it should be a great environment. Our fans 
can't wait to get around our fans again and what, what they've done for us and playing at home uh, and just how special it is uh, in Western New York this time of year. And we've asked you so many times about Bill Belichick. I mean, I think he's the, the coach you've coached the most against as a head coach. Um, I mean, new way to ask it? I don't even know. Like, I'm sure you know the challenge that he is, given you mentioned they beat you already this year. Um, but on Belichick and just really your relationship with him or just the, the story that you two have had together? Yeah, I mean, I have, I have a uh, respect for Coach Belichick. Um, how could you not with what he's accomplished and, and the rings he's, uh, you know, won up there and, and um, you know, the way, he, the way he coaches in terms of the things defensively he's done, but also how he manages the game and games that he's played in. And I mentioned this earlier in the week, he does a great job of taking the personnel that he has and developing it and putting it into positions of, of strength for their football team. So, um you know, as, as a younger coach coming through uh, six, seven years ago uh, and, and him being more than one of the more veteran coaches uh, in the league at the time and now still is, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish. Um, being in the division doesn't, doesn't make it, um, you know, a whole lot of uh, fun uh, because he's such, uh, his team goes in such, uh, so well prepared. Um, so, you know, listen, we've had our battles over the years and this will be another one and, um, you know, just from a coaching standpoint, he's been able to accomplish a lot. John, we're going to talk, obviously, next week before your regular season finale. We hope it extends beyond that, but I just want to say from everybody here at WGR and uh, all of us and all the uh, listeners every week that you come on, you know, have a great new year. Thank you for joining us all 2023. Uh, we appreciate that, and, of course, we look forward to next week as well and hopefully beyond. We hope you and your family have a great new year, and, of course, get it started right with a win on Sunday at yeah. Highmark Stadium. Will, will it depend whether you go out, Sean, uh, based on Sunday's result? Or are you thinking, yes, you, you guys will go out? Don't go out for New Year's. Yeah, New Year's Eve. I know it's a it's a game day. That might be tough. No, I don't. I don't really during the season go out very much to be honest with you. So uh, <laughs> we're just looking to to play well and perform well and coach well Sunday and then uh, and then taking one one day at a time, one game at a time. Well, have a great 2024, Coach. Thanks for everything here in 2023. We'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Happy New Year to everyone out there. All right, you got it. Sean McDermott on the Western Hotline. Big news. Big news. Daquan Jones returning. Yeah. Daquan Jones returning and I was going to say the mechanics of Daquan Jones if the Bills wanted to I got asked the question yesterday Joe why did they release a Fetty when they did and not bring up Jones well two reasons I would tell you and by the way we said we talked about if Fetty could be the candidate that they do this with because he was a veteran and they're going to get him back if you want to I think that's part of the reason so to me there's two reasons number one you wait till tomorrow to activate Daquan Jones, or maybe after practice today. Just make sure everything goes all right. There's no setbacks. Then you make the roster move. Yeah. Here's the other reason. By releasing Effetti yesterday, you can wait for him to clear waivers and bring him back to the practice squad before the game on Sunday. And then if you want, okay. you can elevate him to give him a game check. So right. you, you don't have, if you did it on Friday and you waived him, he couldn't even be on your sideline or in your building basically Sunday. Gotcha. So I think to me, there's twofold here. If you if you if you go to Jermaine or Fetty and say, "Hey, dude, we want you around. We just got to make this move. So we're going to release you now. You pass through waivers, and you can come back to us on Saturday. And we're just going to have you for the game anyway, right? On the team. And again, knock on wood, because they've been healthy all year, offensive line wise. They haven't needed him. Is he even up for games usually? The Fetty? He's at inactive usually. Usually he's inactive. But you know he's on the sidelines, right? And I think he provides a lot of veteran. Le- Joe, 
their backup linemen are not vet are not don't have much experience. Right. He's the only one. That's why I say people might think, well, what do you need Jermaine or Fetty for? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you need a little experience behind the guys you have. Their backup linemen, they love Alec Anderson. They love Ryan Vandemark. And that's nice on game day that they can turn to him. But then you have Greg Manns, Keith Jarvis, Richard Garage, who was an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. A guy like Effetti actually does help you have some stability as a veteran guy in the building mm-hmm. that you can turn to. And on the defensive line, with Jones back, man, they could be right back. I mean, they already kind of have been, right? A, yeah. a, a ferocious pass rush where they can give any quarterback headaches. And that is even without Von Miller making an impact. Floyd has. Oliver has. Like, Epinesa has. Rousseau was more so at the beginning of the year, but on the totality of his season, I still would want to say he has. Like, pretty much everybody other than Von has met the bar for what was expected of them, if not even, again, like Floyd and Oliver might be top of the list of they've cleared what was expected of them. And Jones, that was true. I... I can't emphasize enough, like, some of his pass rush win rate numbers, the only defensive tackle in the league that was better at it in the first month of the season was Aaron Donald. That was it. And I'm not expecting Jones to be the second best pass rushing defensive tackle in the league when he comes back, but without Jordan Phillips, you lose a little bit of that interior, and him coming back at this time, I mean, speaks to that they're also getting healthier. They are getting healthier. They've lost, you know, Phillips out matters here too, but you're getting a guy back that was not just a starter, but was playing at an elite level. No, that's right. I like that. Would you, I mean, I haven't studied the defensive tackles around the league enough. How cool would it be to see Ed Oliver all pro? Because he he could have a case, the way he's played, the way we know of defensive tackles, how they played. I looked yesterday, Aaron Schatz, did you see his tweet yesterday? No. Might have been this morning even. Aaron Schatz had... Ed Oliver as the top win rate interior lineman in the league this year. It's pretty good. It's the best. Right. I mean, if that's true, he should be an all-pro. I think. I think he should be. If that is true, he should be an all-pro. I think it's amazing. At least a pro bowler. Yes, for sure. And I mean, he is their most trustworthy pass. Well, Floyd, Floyd, I know, has dealt with some injuries, but he's, he's been good, too. Um... I don't know. Big. It, it, a lot of this is recency bias because it just happened, but it does feel like when you need the big play from your defensive line, Oliver is the one that is most likely to give it to you. I want to look and look at think about contracts a little bit. I think we'd all agree that the number one guy to try and get back would be Leonard Floyd, right? We know he's going to be a free agent if you don't resign him. Over Jones. Uh, that's a good question. Now I I, I guess I close. misspoke. Floyd, I mean, Floyd has the sack numbers. Jones has a more multi-dimensional role. Um, I might answer Floyd, too, but I, I think it would be a real conversation between those two. I think. They're, they're also kind of similar in that you'd expect like a shorter-term contract because both players are over, over the age of 30. Well, the reason I bring it up is, can I make a... Not, I'm, I wouldn't put him above these guys, but wouldn't you like to have A.J. Epinesa back? He's a free agent at the end of the year. I feel like he'll be the tougher one to bring back yeah, just because of age. Me too. But yes, in, in theory, yes, I would, for sure. Um, Here's a guy, though. Sorry to sound like Chris Collinsworth. Here's a guy, AJ Epinesa, mm-hmm. was being talked about as a bust not too long ago. And now I say, I would like to have him back. I think he's important to the rotation mm-hmm. and what he's done. 
He's not like a guy down in, down out you have to game plan for. But Joe, like, he makes plays. He's made splash plays, several of them, big plays, and he seems to be much more consistent now at this point of his career. Yeah. What what really, just to bring it back full circle here to, like, where they are defensive line-wise. Right. I still am wondering about a suspension for Von Miller next year. Mm. And if that happens, they're just automatically going to keep him? If they if they know because of the suspension we can get out of contract guarantees, what do we want to do? Do we want to bring back Von Miller on a massive cap hit when he did nothing the pre, the season previous, if that continues, which it has, versus we could move on because of the suspension and now we can bring back AJ Epinesa. Or now we can bring back Leonard Floyd. Or honestly, for $23 million saved on your cap, you could bring back both. That and will it, that, that will be a real debate I think they have to have, but only if, again, the situation presents itself where he is suspended by the National Football League when people have been, players have been suspended for a lot less. And then you always have your guys who you always think about, well, Shaq's a free agent, Jordan Phillips, and those guys, generally you can get a lot of those guys back. One-year deals. Yeah. They're not going to sign big deals oh, elsewhere. Yeah. I, and you're yeah. going to have to do more of that anyway going forward with their their cap situation. By the way, I just looked it up. For, on the season, it doesn't matter how many plays you've played whatsoever. Pass rush win rate from defensive tackles, Daquan Jones is number one. Aaron Donald's number two. Again, it's not nearly as many. Jones only has 80 pass right. rushes on the year. Donald is 500. Right. But he is higher For than percentage. everybody in the league on a, on a smaller sample size. It's amazing. Kevin O'Neill is going to join us in lieu of Patrick Hammer today. Patrick unavailable, but he's been, uh, he offered up Kevin, and we said, we'll take him. And Kevin excitedly said yes to join us on the Extra Point Show. So when we take a break, we'll come back, and we're going to have your weather update. But Kevin O'Neill from WGRZ-TV is going to join us on that. In the meantime, uh, we'll take a look around the league when we come back as well. And again, just kind of wrap up what you need to watch for and think about when it comes to the Bills and other teams and the results this weekend. We're going to be back in a snap. It's brought to you by Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of the Buffalo Bills. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase of Buffalo Football Friday here on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, let's go out to Adam in Kansas City. Adam, what's going on, man? Hey, Sal. Sitting in a hospital with my newborn son. Hey! Wearing a, wearing a Bills shirt the last few days. Awesome. Congrats. Congratulations. Getting, lo- getting lots of good, dirty looks, but I have to say <laughs> the people out here, they're very nice. They, Listen. They don't hold it against me that we're Bills fans. In Kansas City, all right, you got you the Bills jersey, but you got to get some burn ends, too. You got to you know, feed him his first burn ends while you're out there, you know? I've been down, I think it's uh, Jack Stacks. There you go. What's his name? What's his name? John. 
Awesome, man. Congratulations to you, Third, ge- third generation in my family. His great uncle is a Korean War veteran, so wow. we to keep the streak alive. Well, there you go. Thank, thank you for your family service. Congratulations to you and your family. And, uh, man, you're calling us from there. That's awesome. What you you got to have something important. What do you got? So I've been listening to you for the last, well, for a long time, but the last few weeks we've been talking about Kair Elam. And I, I like, really value all of your insights, Sal, like being a former ball player. It's, it's like, really impressive. Uh, what do you think about Kair being a safety? Because it seems to me like Rasul Douglas has locked down cornerback one. And uh, I think we're in a pretty good spot with Christian Benford. Like, it is a six foot two, four, you know, 40 yard dash and like right. a four four Kyrie Elam type. Like, is he a safety? Well, well, I, I will tell you, I know that we're, we're, we'll let you know this because you're probably just like kind of tuning in because you have a lot going on. We actually had a. Almost the exact same phone call from someone an hour ago, just so you know about oh, this. Wow. That's okay. okay. So I'll just recap for you what we said. I, I don't I don't know if the transition would really work for him. Um, we brought up, the caller brought up Aaron Williams years ago, as you know, and Aaron Williams moved to safety because he wasn't that fluid to play corner, but he was a straight-line guy. Kyrie Elam is an athletic guy. He is a long, athletic guy. He can play corner, um, but it, to me it seems like his issue has been more with concepts and playing safety in this defense with zone defense, I don't know if you're going to get him to be at the level of he might be a better corner than safety even, if that makes sense, right? So you might want to try and find somewhere for him, but I don't know if that's really the solution. So I don't know if you want to put even that on his plate. But at the same time, Adam, as Joe would tell you, you kind of like everything mm-hmm. could be on the table if you want to keep him on the roster and keep him around and see what you can do with him. Right, right. I mean, like you said, he's a freak athlete. <laughs> You'd yeah. have to trade him or uh... – or, or, you know, to keep them inactive on game days. Well, we'll just wait for uh, young John to become a, a corner of safety and we can so, have that solution, all right? Let's, yeah, we can hope for that. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Congratulations to you and your family uh, out there in Kansas City. That's cool. By the way, Joe, congratulations also to our colleague, Josh Reed from Channel 40 IVB. He also, yeah, him and his wife, Elizabeth, had their baby boy yesterday. Awesome. Congrats, Josh. Yeah, very cool. So. Yeah. Lots of lots of lots of newborn babies here in in Buffalo and rooting for the Bills, obviously out there in Kansas City. Yeah, on his question about corner, I mean, aren't people just trying to find out some way to get value out of Kyrie Elam? Yep, it might just not happen. It really might. It might just not happen. They trading him for some low round pick could be an option, or maybe he just plays out his rookie contract as a backup. Like th- these are all outcomes that might even be likely. Could he become a safety? I don't know. It's it's possible, um, not to me likely, and it's also possible that he figures it out and finds a way to become a starting corner in the league. We all thought Leotis McKelvin never had a future at corner and was a complete bust, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Like a kick returner. And he carved out like a 10-year career playing corner. So it can happen. Um, I don't think it needs to, though. I think they're in a really good spot without even knowing what Tredavious White's recovery will be. They walk into next year with Rasul Douglas and Christian Benford at corner. I'm completely fine. Can I also make the point that Dane Jackson's played well when he's played? And Dane Jackson. Although he, Dane Jackson's played pretty well. Yeah, so for now, they're they're perfectly set, I think. He is a free agent at the end of the year. Yes. So that, to me, is how Elam stays on the roster, is do they feel confident enough in him that they don't have to bring back Dane Jackson? You can be our number three, our immediate backup boundary corner. Do, do they have that much confidence in him? Enough of that, because that could determine whether Jackson's back. But I, mean, I, I right. don't, I do not think there is a, a scenario where their starting corners week one next year are not Douglas and, and Benford. 
Interesting. If you're looking at contracts long-term, Benford's still on his rookie deal for two more years. Rasul Douglas has next year still under contract. Elam, of course, only in his second year of a rookie deal. Um, Dane Jackson, a free agent, as you said. And then Taron Johnson actually has another year after this. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed to extending Taron Johnson if you want to take a look at a guy that could help you out cap-wise, by the way. As he's not even that old, and he's fantastic. And he's been playing for you for so long, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule that out. And Cam Lewis is also a free agent at the end of the year. He always is, and then he resigns, and yep. that's great. And you hope you can get him back as well. So I think they're an okay spot. On the Tredavious White point, how many times do we hear, do we get, well, they're going to have to move on from Tredavious White. I don't think they have to. It, it, there's no rule that says that he can't come back and still be good. He was very good when he was playing this year, I thought, and getting better, coming off the ACL. And I don't think this injury is necessarily going to prohibit him any worse than the other one did. I get that you don't want to have whatever millions of dollars sitting on your bench. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Right. But at the same time, you also have a guy in a rookie contract in Christian Benford that washes that out. There's nothing wrong with having really good guys on your roster. You don't have to move on just because and, – and Tredavious White is a cornerstone of this franchise, by the way. He is. He'll be a tough conversation because this will sound harsh, mm-hmm. but do they need him? <coughs> You might want him at a full, fully formed. Do they need him? You're going to need him if someone goes down. See, but he, see, that, and, that's and, a bad. I need a 16 million dollar okay. depth player. Let me ask like, you this. Let me ask you this. If Tre'Davious White comes back and he goes through all of August, and he look, hey, looks like he's back. He might not be all pro Trey, but he looks good. Mm-hmm. You don't think he's starting over Christian Benford? You said it's Douglas and Benford. Are you assuming Douglas White well, can't get back from the injury by then? I'm assuming White has an injury that that he can't come back from. Not, to, not I mean, to the level he did. I don't think Achille, there are ex- exceptions to Achilles injuries, but more times than not, no matter what position you play, you are not the same player. I hope I'm wrong. I, I really do. Because in theory, right, what you're saying, if it came to fruition, where Tredavious White can, can overcome this injury and return to what he was getting back to, then I've got one of the best corner duos in football with Tredavious White and Rasul Douglas and Taron Johnson. That's maybe the best corner group in football mm-hmm. if I get Tredavious White healthy. But, man, I'm very skeptical that he can get back to what he was. Packers fans were already mad they traded Rasul Douglas, and now they suspended Jair Alexander for a game. Yeah. And they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Can that, you imagine now what they're thinking? They're probably furious that they traded him, right? Oh, they were mad when they did. They're fans. Even more. Like, they're, yes. They're still in the race, yes. and their guy they traded is like a number one corner for the Bills and has done great. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing they traded him. That they him. traded him. And it's not even like... To the Bills for a essentially a third-round pick. Right. That's the thing. Had the Bills traded like a first and like way overpaid, then a Packer fan could go, it sucks, but I get it, right? They, they way overpaid. How can you say no to blank? But it was a third-round pick. You could say no to a third-round pick. What's a third-round pick? A lot of times those guys are special teamers for you. So it's crazy to me that they traded him. That, that is the best move to me Bean has made in years. Well, it's one of – I don't even need to make it a criticism. It's one of the best moves he's ever made. For sure. It's a mid-year trade, like everybody always likes to talk about, that has come in yeah. and – the. The level of play you get from a deadline acquisition, like don't expect that level of play every year. Kelvin Benjamin was a deadline acquisition, and Naeem Hines was a deadline acquisition. Right. These guys, you know, they contributed some, 
But, I mean, come on. There's nothing close to what, what Douglas has done for them. What's been the bigger addition to this team? A late free agent signing of Leonard Floyd or a trade of Russell Douglas? That's a good question. They're both pretty darn good. And they're both, you know, you could an- you could ask the question this way. Where would you be without? Who would you be worse off without? Like, where? Wh- how low do you go after them? Because Douglas is the number one corner. You know, they would not have the ability, I think, to shut down number one receivers like they might do now. Or they might not with him. And turn the football over because we know he's good at that. You'd have Dane Jackson and Elam back as the third. So you might be okay. You just wouldn't be the same. Uh, Floyd, the same could be said of. right? If you don't have Floyd, you're not going to be nearly as good. You're just trusting A.J. Epinesa to play more? Yeah, I think that's correct. I, I'll go Floyd. Because I think I have a little bit more faith in the corners behind um, Douglas than I do in the, the defensive ends behind uh, Floyd. Let's do this. Let's take a timeout here. And then we're going to have Kevin O'Neill from WGRZ-TV fill in for Patrick Hammer. So he needed a couple extra minutes today. So that gives us a little extra while before we have to actually take a break. So we'll take a timeout here, and then we'll come back here. We'll have Kevin O'Neill before we wrap up the top of the hour here on a Buffalo Football Friday on WGR. And in the meantime, we're going to be back in a snap. It is brought to you by Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of the Buffalo Bills. All right, wrapping up a Buffalo Football Friday here on WGR. And, of course, Buffalo Football Friday is always brought to you and presented by Topps Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Right around now, every Friday, we usually have Patrick Hammer, WGRZ TV2 Chief Meteorologist. Patrick's unavailable today, but he told me this morning, he said, I got a guy for you. I got a guy. His name's Kevin O'Neill. We all know Kevin. And he reached out and he said, you can reach out to Kevin. And Kevin graciously said, I will join you guys today. And I said, Kevin, I can't play Patrick Hammer's walk-up music, his intro music. What would you like for walk-up music? So here we go. This is what he chose. All right, Kevin joins us on the Wester Hotline right now. Explain, Kevin, first of all, good morning. Thank you. Explain, turn the page as your walk-up music today. I, I dedicate that to the Patriots and for Bill Belichick. I think this will be his final appearance uh, as head coach of the New England Patriots. Wow. So, uh, na na, hey hey, goodbye, <laughs> uh, and and good riddance. Uh, you know, he and his uh, spies have been uh, tormenting Bill Sands for for uh, quite some time, and uh, we have the upper hand now. And uh, you know, now uh, it'll be it's sort of sad to see him go. Well, I tell you, it'd be. I, I, It'd be great to see him go out on a, a note where the Bills can kind of maybe not clinch, wrap up, or get at least very, very close to making sure that they wrap up a playoff spot. That would be a great fitting way for him to go out as the head coach of the Patriots for his last game here in Buffalo. I, I think it will be his last uh, his last road game as a Patriots head coach. All right. Kevin O'Neill joining us on the Western Hotline, WGRZ TV meteorologist. I mean, I don't, I mean, Pat's the chief meteorologist. Do you have a title like that? What, 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 do, what do I call you? No, I'm I'm just a fill-in guy, man. I still got my I, I wear two hats. I got my I'm the feature reporter. All right, and then I, I'm the weekend meteorologist as well. And then uh, and when past not available, I, I still went to the weekdays and just happy to be here. Big fan of the. Uh, I mean, you know, 5:50 a.m. is the station I listen to the most. Yeah. I, I asked Alexa to put on sports radio 5:50 a.m. I listen around the house and mm-hmm. uh, and you know. I'm, 
wear naturally nude pajamas and listen to Fox Oh, I love it. I love it. By the way, that's <laughs> right. I've seen you do a lot of different stuff. You do wear a lot of hats over there. Uh, but we appreciate yeah, what we call a P1, a P1 listener. Uh, the reason, obviously, we have Pat on every Friday and we're bringing you on today is to give us a weather outlook for Sunday in what might be, and as you say, will be, Bill Belichick's last road game as a head coach of the Patriots in Buffalo. What are we looking at for Orchard Park, both in the morning for tailgating and then, you know, into the game and beyond? Well, you know, the Bills Patriots, they've seen some stuff uh, in Orchard Park. Uh, and it will not be, you know, it's, I'm sort of hedging my best a little bit, but it's not going to be a quote-unquote weather game. It's not going to be especially cold. It's not going to be windy. It's not going to be rainy. It's not going to be snowy. Uh, as of now, it looks like it's going to be a lot of dry time. I do have to say, and again, this is where it looks like I'm hedging my bets, a little, little bit of a punt. Um, I, I, it looks like it's going to be some light nuisance-type mixed precipitation during the day with a lot of dry time. Um, and then during the game itself, it looks mainly dry with snow showers as of now arriving 6 p.m. Okay. Um, and so this is, it's, it, you know, it's a larger system. If, if, it, if, if it speeds up a little bit, then it'll arrive during the game. But even, even if it does arrive during the game, it's not going to be like an accumulating snow. It'll be a dusting perhaps. Um, so it's not going to be a weather game. And in terms of precipitation, you're talking about temperatures in the mid-30s. That's a pain in the butt when you're trying to talk about precipitation type, you know, more than 48 hours ahead of time. So as of now, again, I'm kind of hedging my best a little bit with temperatures in the mid-30s. Okay some nuisance, light mixed precipitation. And for Bills fans, you know, it doesn't hurt to be, you know, to, to, to bring, uh, you know, get yourself prepared with a waterproof outer layer. But uh, it, it's not going to be bad weather in terms of, uh, you know, what, what, what we're capable of with uh, December in Buffalo. What about any wind impacting the game? Uh, no, the wind, wind's going to be 5 to 10 miles per hour. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be a windy game. It's going to be uh, yeah, and mostly cloudy. Temperatures remaining consistent in the, uh, in the 30s. And the wind should remain pretty steady within uh, five to ten miles per hour. How rare? I know Sunday is going to be a little bit chillier, as you just mentioned, but still, I mean, in terms of what we've seen in December, how rare is it what we've experienced the last couple of days and even maybe this weekend? Well, I think about the, like last year, November and December combined, Buffalo had over a hundred inches of snow. Obviously, there were a couple momentous events with that, um, but this year. November and December combined, only eight inches of snow. Uh, so it's it's been it's been unusually mild. And, and uh, you know, theoretically, theoretically, if the bill again, three things have to happen. But if the bills get the two seed, there's going to be some weather in mid-January around here. I think there's going to be, and, and again, these people way smarter than me uh, are predicting that the the central part of the United States, the Great Lakes region, there's going to be an intrusion of of colder. Canadian, maybe even Arctic air that could fire up some lakes. So, so if you're a winter weather enthusiast, if you could hold on a couple of weeks, winter is delayed but not denied. It's going to happen. And and again, the, if 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 there is a mid-January game around here, it's going to be fun. It's going to be cold. This isn't the type of thing too where like it works where well it's delayed, which means it's going to go longer into the spring months, right? It just could end up being a shorter winter. You know what? There's no way in heck I'm going to – I cannot ah, confidently okay. prepare that at all. I've, I've gone about You're as far smart. as I can with any confidence. Smart man. Hey, what about uh, New Year's <laughs> Eve? What about the, after the game? It's New Year's Eve. It's a ball drop downtown. Yeah. There's a ball drop in New York City, obviously, but people are going to be headed out. They're going to want to go to some New Year's Eve parties, especially if they want to celebrate a big Buffalo Bills victory. What are we looking at at night? Uh, it's gonna, you'll have no trouble, uh, no trouble driving around. There may be a coating of snow. Um, <clears throat> everything we have in house has less than an inch of snow across Buffalo and the suburbs. 
the highest amounts will be one to two inches in the southern tier and the higher elevations, and that's uh, that's all the way, including Sunday into Monday. Um, so seasonal temperatures for the ball drop downtown, it'll be, up, be about 32 degrees. Okay. Again, it's not it's not going to be windy, and there may be some happy snowflakes, just some snow showers or, or some scattered flurries around. Uh, so it's going to be a nice night to, in uh, western New York. What are you doing? What are you doing New Year's Eve, man? What are you doing? Uh, New, New Year's Eve, I'm going to be sleeping. I'm, <laughs> I'm working. <coughs> yeah, I'm working the morning of the 31st. Um, so are we. I might go to the, I might go to the game. Um, and then I'm going to be, I'm going to be home. I'm going to be home hanging out. I'm not uh, going to be doing any revelry. I have a five-year-old. It, that really cuts into my drinking. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, we, by the way, we're working. We got, we got a Buffalo football Monday on New Year's day. So we got to be ready for that. Ah. We can't be, you know, we got to come out here on the air and talk about a big bills win, man. Ah, well, sorry. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm optimistic. I'll be looking at the uh, scoreboard as well, but, uh, I, I just hope the boys remain focused. You know, obviously they lost to the Patriots before and, you know, they've won two out of the last three, so, you know, get it done. And for Bill's Mafia, don't go in there assuming a win, man. Right. This is a, you know, assume it's going to be a 50-50 game, and if you guys can make a lot of noise. You can make a big difference. I'm going to put you on the spot. It's very possible you didn't look, so you can just say you didn't look. If, if so, anything, Baltimore or Miami this week? No, I did look. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I did look, and it's not going to be a weather game there. It's not going to be okay. no rain. Uh, it's not going to be especially windy. It looks like it's going to be on the like mostly cloudy side with temperatures in the upper 40s. Did you look at Miami right. next week at all? Next weekend? I did. I did. I, this is this is my job. And yeah, I, yeah. I'm, and I and I do provide forecasts for the Bills equipment and coaching staff too. Oh, and I love I it. Okay. It's going to be it's going to be below average temperatures for Miami for South Florida. Uh, so it's going to be highs in the 60s. Okay. Well, I can deal with that. I mean, especially dealing with last year, what we yeah, dealt with. Yeah, that was ridiculous, man. No a, and the whole the whole stadium's rigged. You guys know the deal. The whole stadium's rigged up. You know, and that's the thing. Well, I was talking about this with the Broncos again. You know, the Denver's got to wear their dark blue and they're soaking mm-hmm. in the sun, and they they, they gave up. And Miami's it, it's a 15 degree difference from one sideline to another sideline, and so Miami has a lot tougher time when they're forced to play under the same conditions as their opponent. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for doing this today on short notice. We appreciate you. Welcome anytime. And uh, maybe we can do a dual uh, Kevin and Pat segment sometime. That'd be great, too. Absolutely. All the time, man. I listen to you guys a lot, and go Bills. Kevin O'Neill, WGRZ TV. Not only in meteorology, he does everything. Uh, it's feature stories, everything. Joe, have a great weekend. Have a great New Year, buddy. Thanks, you too. All right, we're going to head out now. We got Sabres Live up next, one Bills Live after that.